before we press in, would you grab your Bibles, lift them up? Be after me. Yahweh. Jesus. Holy Spirit. We believe this is your holy written word and we commit to obey the words that we're about to read in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit. I just, I, I, I sense the Lord wants to do a mighty work in here today. And he wants no wasted words, no wasted time. But I don't know if you knew it, but um, you guys came to a funeral today. And a birth. And some of you don't even know it's you. (laughs) We're going to talk about baptism. But I believe that as we were praying back there, praying yesterday, Cindy, would you even mind? I know you don't want to. You do mind. But (laughs) could, could you share... Can, can you share just when we were praying back there, just what the, the picture you got of up here? Would you mind? I could do it, but I wouldn't do it justice. Yeah, yeah. We don't, we got, we don't need to rush. <laughs> Cindy's going to share a, a word, a picture of what she got, and we're going to launch off of that. But Cindy's not one to rush into just speaking for the speaking sake, so... We're going to give her a sec. I'm just going to try and launch and let him fill in. um, Because when Nick says that, my mind goes blank. (laughs) Um, I know we were were praying. Holy Spirit was heavy in the room. A good heavy. But I know I just got a I just got a picture of this area, which I know that's that's come to me before when we were praying. But um, I saw it again. Just this area. There's nothing necessarily special about it. But um, I feel like God likens it to the to the Jordan River, the waters, the cleansing waters. Um, the burial waters. And I felt today that um, the waters were flowing here. And we were just praying that those waters would rise and that people would come and, number one, get their feet wet, be willing. But as the waters rise, um, I just felt like the Lord wanted to cause those waters to rise so high for us and it isn't it isn't the it had nothing to do with the lowly and the high you know the righteous or anything it had to do with um 
all of us and any, any fragment of self inside of us, any, any bit of my rights, um, who I am, what I have, what I hope to be, any of that that remains in us. Um, he wants us to come into the waters today and that we, we were just praying that the waters would rise so high in this place that we would be crying out to God because we could no longer stand in the waters and that the current of the river of life would be running so fast that it truly would carry us into the arms of God and, and pleading with him to cleanse us. And that along with the water, the fire of God would come too and just burn the dross to the top. Just bring that dross to the top. All those things of self, all the self-sins, all the everything. Put in, fill in the blanks. Um, but all those things that, that we hold back, that God would truly bring those to the top and the present in our face, that we would relinquish those, that they would, they would be burned to the top and he would, he would just take that dross off the top that we would be willing to go to the foot of the cross today and be buried in those waters to rise again with him and that things would be birthed out of this death to self. It's really, we ask you, God, to come today. Come, Holy Spirit. Yeah, I just, I sensed when we were praying, I saw this, this here, just like a trail of fire, like, uh, and they used to actually do this, we're talking about baptism, like, they would walk up to the water, like, if this was the water here, if this was the river, they would walk up, and I mean, I'm getting, getting ahead of myself, but baptism was a burial, baptism was a death, when you went into the waters of baptism, and you were baptized into the waters, they believed, as we should, that the old self, this was, this was not just a, you know, we've, I've, I've said this. I've held this belief. I'm not saying this is, like, entirely wrong. But we phrase it a lot as, like, that, you know, outward expression of an inward, you know, transformation. Right? Have you guys heard that before? Which is not, like, entirely wrong, but it's not complete. Because it doesn't give the actual, embody the actual meaning of it. That they actually, it wasn't like the waters had some magic power. But they believed that when you went under the water, the old self was getting left in the water. That you, the, the, you were dying to yourself and you were partaking in the burial of Jesus Christ and you were leaving the old self in the water. And that when you came up out of the water, you were a new creation. And so many times I feel like we either don't emphasize baptism, we've baptized as babies, right? That's another thing in the church. Or when we do it, it's kind of just like, oh, hey, you're like, you should be baptized. Yeah, why don't you get baptized sometimes? And we don't understand that for them, this was all in one. I'm, getting, I'm, I'm jumping around. So when they walked up to the waters, they would actually proclaim, they would turn around, and they would proclaim baptism in the name of Jesus. They were saying, I am dead to whoever I am, and I am going to be baptized. I'm going to bury the old self 
and I'm going to take on the name of Jesus. And they would walk into the waters, and they would baptize them, and that new life was like, they actually believed the new life came as they resurrected up out of the waters. And so I actually think that the, the vision she got here today of like waters here, let's not be casual about it. Like I think people are going to be water baptized today. They're going to be spirit baptized today. People who have been struggling, maybe going back and forth with the old self, I believe you're going to walk down this trail of fire here and it's going to burn every single thing of impurity that you have inside of you. And you're going to come and you're going to wade into the waters and the Holy Spirit is going to baptize you new today. And that these waters are actually going to die. They're going to kill the old self. Those waters, these waters, the Holy Spirit waters, they're going to kill people today. There's going to be a lot of bodies today. <laughs> I actually believe this. Like, <clears throat> this might be morbid, but I believe, like, the Lord is going to leave a trail of bodies in here today in the best way possible. Because people who walked in here who hadn't actually died to their old selves, maybe you've even been baptized. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you haven't even been converted. Maybe you're not even a believer. We'll get into what all that is. But maybe that's not even you. I believe that the Lord it brought you here today so that you could walk down that trail of fire and wade into these waters and actually relinquish the old self. The old self. Not the old self to where, oh, I kind of did. I prayed a prayer, but man, I'm still tormented by the things I did in my past. and I'm still kind of wading back into it. We're going to kill it today. <laughs> you don't have to be there. We are going to kill it today. There is going to be bodies, <laughs> spiritual bodies, maybe even physical bodies just laying around. Who knows? But we're going to kill it today because you, you are not called to live in bondage. The, this is not the Christian life. The Christian life is not just, oh, I'm going to you know, say a prayer and then go to church, try to be a good person. Maybe I'll remember to pray for somebody once or twice. He actually called you to partake in the death, burial, and resurrection that Jesus did. When Jesus sent, was sent to earth... He was not just a substitute for our sins. He was a representation of the death that you have to go through. And when he came to earth and died, buried, and resurrected, he asked you to do the exact same thing. He wants you to partake in his death. His death is repentance. His death is crucifixion. This is Luke, nine, uh, Luke whatever it is, 7, 9, where it says you will crawl up on that cross and you will die. His death is your death. If you want to partake and get the benefits of Jesus Christ, you have to die just like he did. And that is crucifixion. And then he says, I'm going to bury you. And how does he bury, bury you? Water baptism. I mean, this isn't like, this isn't like if you haven't, like you can't have, hear me out today. Okay? I'm not saying that like, oh, if you don't, you're not saved, you're not this or that. I, th but this was something that we don't understand. We separate these things out. Crucifixion, or excuse me, repentance, water baptism, spirit baptism. We segment and, compartment, and compartmentalize them out into different things. They did not do this in the early church. When you, when you walked into the faith and you took the name Jesus, it wasn't like, oh, I might go get baptized at some point. Oh, what's this Holy Spirit thing I might? This was all in one. It was like a birthing that when, when I, I use this example, I've been talking to a bunch of people about this as I flush this out. But when, you, when, we, when we birth something in the natural, right? The baby is birthed. But that's not it. <laughs> the birthing process is not just cool the babies out, right? You have an umbilical cord. You have to feed the baby. You have to clean the baby. As many people in here know, there's plenty of things, other things you got to do post-birth, <laughs> post, uh, right? There's all these things that we call the birthing process so that when a baby is brought into the world, you can't just bring it into the world and leave the umbilical cord on. That's not going to happen. We don't, we don't segment out like, oh, good, baby's born. At some point, we'll, we'll cut the cord. At some point, we might teach it how to feed it. We might clean it up. This is all just like, oh, a baby was born. When I say we had a baby, you guys don't question whether I cut the cord, <laughs> right? 
You just do that. When we birth something spiritually, it's not meant for us to segment out baptism in water and baptism in the Spirit as if they're separate things that are optional. It's part of the birthing process. This is what they did. It was all-encompassing when you talked about a Spirit-filled conversion, okay? Now, the church likes to do what the church does to take this and go, well, what if someone, you know, passes away two days after they got converted and they weren't ever water baptized? Does that mean, what is water baptism salvation? We do all this stuff, right? When the principle of it was not meant to be like, well, is it, is it salvation? Is it not? The principle of it was, you are taking the name Jesus. Go with me to Acts 2. Trev, I had notes. Acts 2.37, Peter preaches at Pentecost. Holy Spirit's been poured out. And he basically goes through the story of how Jesus died, was buried, and resurrected, and is pouring out his spirit, okay? And then in Acts 2.37, well, I'll just read 36. It says, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. And in Acts 2.37, and I'll say this, like, there is a ton of scripture. I could spend weeks on, on this topic. I could spend weeks reading all the scriptures that go into this topic. I'm trying not to get into all that today, okay? So there's a lot of nuances. Give me some grace here. We're going to try to hit, like, the principal high level of what's actually going on, okay? So in Acts 2.37, he says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles. You guys know this is a, this is a, a question that's asked all throughout scripture, right? Brothers, what shall we do? The word went forth, they were convicted. And the natural follow-up question is, well then what must I do, right? And it says, and Peter said to them, remember what I talked about? How we partake in his death, repentance, burial, baptism, resurrection life through the Holy Spirit. Listen to Peter's response. What must we do? And Peter said to them, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. I would love to unpack that. But uh, I don't know if, if I'm going to go there. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see the three things? For the promise is for you and for your children, for all who are far off and everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word, were baptized. Were they maybe baptized? Told them, hey, you kind of, let's, let's find a, a good date and we can make up a t-shirt so that you can wear it on your baptism, call it good. Did they do that? No, they baptized him, right? And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. 3,000 people baptized, which they had multiple pools in the temple court, and they'd have a, uh, one where the men would go, one where the women would go. So they were baptizing like they were just dunking. They were going, <laughs> right? All in one day. They were baptizing people. And when it says baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, okay? Because this is a great question that comes up, right? There's another passage in Matthew where it says baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? And our mind immediately kind of goes to process. Like, well, do we, when we baptize, do we go Father, Son, Holy Spirit? Do we go name of Jesus? What do we do? I want you to think principle not technicality, okay? For them, principle was baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus, baptism in the name of Holy Spirit, God, Father, Son. Basically what they're saying is that when you took on the name of something, they would actually baptize in the name of different things. They would baptize you into slavery. That if you're going to be a slave to someone, 
which has a lot of different meanings, right? I mean, for them, it was sometimes work-related, sometimes it was worse, but they would actually baptize people into slavery so that when you came up out of the waters, you actually embodied and were a part of a slave, right? What's the word I'm looking for there? Um, See, I do need my notes, Trevor. Um... Oh, becoming. You were becoming. That when they came up out of the water, you became the thing that you were baptized into. So if I was baptized as a slave, when I came up out of the water, I became a slave. They would baptize people then into freedom if they had earned their freedom. When you were baptized into the water and came up out of the water, you were baptized as a free person. I now became a free person. They would baptize into nations. If I was going to pledge my allegiance to a nation, when I came up out of the water, I now became part of that nation, okay? So when I become baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, guess what happens? I become and partake in whatever Jesus, the Son of God, is. And that is his death, burial, and resurrection. So when it says they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus, this is why, you know, if you read, there's people in Muslim countries that can, I mean, you sent me this thing and I love it. There's been so many testimonies. People in Muslim, in Muslim countries, when they get converted, they can be caught with a Bible. They can be caught at a worship gathering. They can be caught evangelizing. They can be caught doing all these different things. You know the thing that they fear, not fear, um, you know the thing that brings the most persecution? Baptism. That for some reason, when they walk into those waters and come up and take the name of Christ, that's a death sentence. They can explain away like, oh, I wasn't doing this or that. Or, oh, I wasn't passing out a Bible. When they, there is nothing more final for them than when they go into the waters of baptism, proclaim the name Jesus, and come on out. Why? Because you are now a citizen of the Most High God. Not a citizen of Allah, not a citizen of whatever other religion. That when you come up out of those waters, you're making a public declaration that that old God that I served, I'm, it's dead. <laughs> it's left in the waters. And now I serve this God. There's no going back from that. For them, there is no going back. For us, there's a going back for some reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we'll get baptized, and then it's like, well, maybe I will. Maybe, maybe I, I don't know. I'm kind of going back to my old way of life. Turn with me to Romans 6. I may make no sense today, but you know what? We're going to get there. There is so much that I could talk about on this. Romans 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you know, do you not know that all of us who have been what? Baptized. Into what? Christ Jesus. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized, say baptized. Baptized into Christ Jesus. We're baptized into his what? Death. You have been baptized into the death of Jesus. When Jesus died and was buried, did that bodily form of Jesus just escape the grave? No. He was resurrected to new life, right? We were buried and therefore by him, with him and by baptism, into death. We, ah, I just jumped over that. We were buried. Just as Christ was buried, we were buried. Therefore, with him, by baptism, into death, in order that what? Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Why, why should I get baptized? It's much more than a public declaration. It's much more than that. Because there is something about 
when I go under the water, and I'm telling you, I'm not going to say that it's like some magic pill, but it is more than just a sign. When you go under the water, I truly believe something happens where your old self is getting shed off into that water. And you come up out of it. It says this right here, right? <laughs> we were buried, therefore, with him in baptism. You're burying the old self into death so that what? I can be raised in new life. He's not just talking about future things here. He's saying that when I come up out of that water, I can be raised from the dead by the glory of the Father so that I can walk in newness of life. Are you struggling to walk in newness of life? My question to you would be not just that this is the, the magic pill, but did you actually understand what was going on when you were baptized? If you were baptized. If you have not been baptized, have we thought that perhaps we haven't, and, and I believe this, honestly, that the reason why we, how do I put this? The reason why the American church struggles so much with lukewarmness and going back and forth between their old life, I think is honestly directly linked to our lack of true understanding of water baptism. Have you ever thought about maybe the reason why we can't actually really die to ourselves? I don't know about you, but my Bible says I can die to myself. That doesn't mean I'm perfect, okay? Before everybody calls me a heretic. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. Doesn't mean I'm gonna oh, never gonna stumble. But you can live free from habitual sin. You can live free from the former life you came from. If you were a drug addict, you can be freed from drugs. Why? Because you can bury the old self and be raised to newness of life. If you were a liar, if you were a cheat, if you were a, an alcoholic, fill in the blank. You can actually bury that old life in baptism. And God says not to, when, when, I, when, I, when you kill somebody and put them in the ground, you, they don't get raised back to life. It's not like that new life can come back. Ralph, love Ralph. Like, there is no better picture. I'm sorry, Ralph. I, you're going to hate this. I love the picture that God gave us through Ralph of this. Ralph, the old Ralph has been dead and buried in the ground. I don't know the old Ralph. I know the new Ralph. The new Ralph was raised to resurrection life. And the new Ralph does not go back to the old life. Because he's been buried. He's been buried. Right? Ralph was water baptized, and I believe that old Ralph was left in those waters. He was baptized right there. Glorious day. That day was powerful. And it's, I believe it's powerful because it's another representation. How exciting is it when we get to actually see a funeral and a birth at the same time, right? Like, come on, come on. So I, I actually think the reason why the church is so anemic sometimes is because we don't actually teach death to self the way the Lord desired it, and that's because... In some ways, we don't actually teach water baptism the way the Lord desired it. And if we get back to teaching water baptism the way that we're supposed to, I think it will be, it will be because we have a better understanding of dying to ourselves. And if we learn of what we're actually doing in this birthing process, not just making a, uh, I'm going to profess faith, the birthing process, hear me out, this is not a workspace thing, this is not a, you have to have baptism for salvation. But for them, they did not separate this out. They did not separate water baptism from conversion. Just as Jesus did not separate his death, burial, and resurrection. It is all-encompassing, okay? So I pray that we get back to an understanding of what it means to bury the old self. That when someone comes into our midst and blazes down this trail of fire and wades into the waters, that we go, first of all, have you repented? Okay? Have you actually given your yes to Yahweh? Which is a whole other thing, right? The Lord maybe had me give... Uh, the full story of the Bible today. I might get to that eventually. You're just going to get, you're going to get a lot today. You might be drinking from a fire hose. 
but the Lord said to do it. He woke me up in Florida. Even though my kids were waking me up, the Lord decided to wake me up too. Woke me up in Florida at 3 o'clock in the morning after Megan texted me the day before saying, hey, I want to be baptized. And I love her response. I said, great, when? And she said, this Sunday. I was like, praise the Lord. Let's do it. So then he woke me up at 3 in the morning and said, I want you to teach on water baptism. I want you to get my people to get back to understanding what it means to bury the old self. So today, that's what you're getting. And, where was I going with that? (laughs) 3 a.m., the gospel, yes. The full story. They didn't separate this out. That when someone comes down here, we, one, make sure you're not just wanting, you're not just wanting heaven, but you're ready to die. (laughs) Okay? So that we, we preach a gospel of repentance of allegiance to Jesus, allegiance and loyalty to Jesus, of full surrender, okay? And that we also say, hey, do you understand what you're doing? You are dying. You're partaking in Jesus' death. And that when we go under those waters, we're going to baptize you in water, and when you come out, you're putting to death the old life. And this leads into, how did they do baptism in the early church? Because I also think we're really good about doing this. I don't know if you know, in the 20th century in America, we're super smart. That was a joke. We think we're really smart, okay? But even, even, even in, in, in our churches, like, we try to reinvent the wheel all the time, right? And, and let, me get this, let me just be clear. Th- this is our guide. If you have a question on what to do, this is our guide. This is the end-all, be-all. We don't steer from this. But the reality is, like on baptism, Scripture speaks a lot about baptism, but have you ever noticed it doesn't really talk in detail about like, okay, so when they baptized, here's what they did, right? I mean, we know that baptism was an immersion in water, which I guess we're going to die on certain hills. Uh, It was an immersion, okay? If they didn't have a full thing of water, then they would sprinkle, then they would do things. If they didn't have that, they'd find some way. But they were, because they understood that it was a burial, they understood that you got to go fully in. <laughs> you got to enter everything in and come out, okay? So that's why they did it. But, but we try to reinvent the wheel a lot when in all reality, like, if we go and look back at the early church fathers, like, not just the ones in the Bible, but the, the generation removed, two generations removed, three generations removed, would you agree that they were probably very close to the source on a subject like baptism, right? Like, if I wanted to go and learn, you know, how basketball originated. Am I going to go talk to someone who's playing basketball today, or am I going to go back all the way to whenever it was, or someone who's once removed who was an understudy of James Naismith, and that's the, right? That's the guy? Like, am I going to go to someone who walked with him and put this thing together, even though he's not around, and I'm going to say, like, hey, tell me about what you did and why. How'd you play the game? How'd you do that? It's, it's no different, right? Like, if we want to learn about the early church, doesn't mean that if they were doing anything that was contrary to this, we just blindly follow it, right? But we've become so, so um, disgusted with tradition that we've swung too far to the other side. That, that we view tradition, rituals, different things as, as bad things, and sometimes they are, if done in the wrong context. But there's a reason why they did what they did. So my question began, like, okay, we obviously have the picture in the Bible, but it doesn't get into loads and loads of detail about it. So if I want to know about, hey, how, did, how do we best water baptize, I'm going to go back closest to the source, which historically is some of these early church fathers and what they did. So you want to know what they did? 
which again, I think is, is, goes back to their understanding of what baptism was. If baptism was a burial of the old self to resurrected new life, then it would make sense as to why. Here's what they did. They did a few things. One, they made them examine their lives. So they would say, hey, you got any known sin, okay? Bring it all out. They would actually, and I actually texted Megan and said to, said to do this. The, the person being baptized and the baptizer, the person, who's the, the person doing the baptizing? Baptizer? Again, super smart in America. Uh, they would actually fast. They would have them do a fast for a day or two prior to the baptism. Why would they have them fast? I should... Kill, kill the flesh. What do you do when, you, when you're fasting? You are killing the flesh, right? The flesh says eat, and you're, you're denying the flesh. You are killing the flesh. So it makes sense as to why they would be fasted leading up to the baptism, because everything is training the mind to understand, I'm burying the old self. I'm killing the flesh, right? The other thing they would do, they would, huh, this is going to make some of you really uncomfortable, and I love it. For, for the couple weeks leading up to it, Every single day, they would exercise demons out of the person. Every single day leading up to it. And then it would culminate the night before the baptism. And, and you, you can get mad at me. I'm just telling you what the early church did, okay? The, the night before the baptism, they had like a hoorah exorcism. <laughs> they would get everything out of the person. Everything that was not of the Lord, they would make sure that by the time they got to the waters of baptism, it was gone. Why is that? Because you're burying the old self. We don't want to, they understood, we don't want to have this like, I'm going under, but when I come back out, maybe there's this or that. They were like, and it doesn't mean that you can't have those things, okay, hear me out. But, but they understood, they want this person to understand that when you go under, we are getting everything out. Because the old you is done. The, the new you is being raised to life, okay? They would, and we actually practice this. When, when they would, uh, actually I'm going to jump to another one. So when they were, no I'm not. When they, when they would bring them up, and you might have noticed we've, we do this, but they would give a public declaration of their yes to Yahweh, their surrender, okay? They would renounce Satan and all of his ways. They would renounce the world and all the things in it, and then they would anoint them with oil. Why would you anoint them with oil? Jenna, you had the answer. I asked you this earlier. Why would you anoint with oil? What do you do to bodies? What did they do to Jesus' body when they put him in the grave? They anointed him with oil. Again, I'm training the mind to understand this person is dying. <laughs> this, is, this person is getting buried. So they would anoint them with oil after they had renounced everything, said, I'm giving this declaration. And when they came up out of light, out of the water, they would anoint them with oil again. They would anoint them with the oil of the Holy Spirit. They would do full immersion. I, I talked about that. And then they would lay hands on them, okay? You've seen us do this. Uh, I'm, again, for the sake of not jumping around, uh, Matthew 3, Mark 3, there's a couple different passages, but Jesus, baptism, okay? Anybody want to, if you're wondering why should I get baptized, well, one, Jesus did it, and two, he said to do it. So that's probably a good enough reason in and of itself, right? So he gets baptized, and when he comes up out of the water, there's this beautiful picture of Jesus comes up out of the water, and the Holy Spirit does what? Descends upon him like a dove, and he gets filled with the Holy Spirit. You know what a dove was representative of? 
new life. What did the dove do in the Old Testament after the flood? The dove came when what was ready? New life. When they were ready to actually enter into new life and not be in the boat anymore, the dove descended and it was a representation that new life was occurring. So the Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove, again speaking to the fact that when he came up out of the waters, he is a new creation. There is new life there. I'm excited. I hope somebody else gets excited in here at some point because I feel like this is such a big deal. And I, I'm like admitting I have faulted and like I, the Lord's grace is good because he, he bears with us. But man, I haven't actually taught this enough. <laughs> I haven't understood it enough. And now that we actually realize and understand it, like, man, this, this is a huge deal, right? And that's why they did it a certain way. They would do this. They would, uh, they would go in with... Um, this is probably a little bit awkward, but they would have men and, men and women's pools, okay? So you would either go in with certain garments or, or whatever, old garments, whatever it was, and they would actually then when you came up out of the water, they would give you new garments. They would give you garments of white. Again, signifying that you now are partakers in a new life. You've been purified. You've been resurrected to new life. I'm going to jump back to the Old Testament, okay? Told you I'd be all over the place. So the Old Testament... Do we see baptism in the, Old in the Old Testament? A lot of people would say no. I would actually argue yes to a degree. Because this goes back to the, the definition of gospel. If you guys, I'm, I'm not usually want to do this, but uh, take, if you're not taking notes, I would say like jot some of this down because it's a lot of information. I don't have slides and all that. But um, if, if our definition of the story of God and the gospel is, and I've said this before, but God basically had two desires, okay? And this all goes back to Genesis, which is a whole other teaching for another day. But he had two desires. One, he wanted to create a family that he could live in close proximity with. Okay? And two, he wanted to bring heaven down to earth and to spread a kingdom. Those were his two, two main desires. Okay? And everything throughout the Bible is basically trying to get us back to those two things. And it's driving you to that. But there's a problem. Okay? That problem is we have holy God, an unholy man, or unclean man. Okay? Those are two different things. Unholy is a sinful state. Unclean is just exactly what it sounds like. Unclean. Neither one of which can come in, come in contact with a holy God. Because if it did, it died. I mean, literally. That's what happened in the Old Testament. Okay? So in order to remedy that, God's constantly giving all these remedies so that he can fulfill desire number one, which is what? Proximity and relationship with his people with his family. So in the Old Testament, it was the sacrifice of bulls and goats and different things. New Testament, it's the sacrifice of Jesus, okay, that allows us to enter into the holy place, which that meant that God was going to dwell in a holy place. In the Old Testament, it was a tabernacle. In the New Testament, it is what? Us. We are the tabernacle, okay? Again, all of this going back to proximity. God wants to be close to his people. That is a desire of his. So in order to do that, in the Old Testament, they had the tabernacle, which had a lot of different places, in the middle of which was the Holy of Holies. For God to dwell with the Israelites and his people, they, there was two things that was needed. Blood and water. Let's say that again. Blood and water. And I'm, I'm, again, I'm not going to, I'm going to give you two verses to, to help you there, but I'm not going to read them. Um, Leviticus 16 15 to 17, and Exodus 30, 17 to 21. This is a bit of a common misconception that I've taught on before, but in the Hebrew, it's very clear that when they put the blood on the altar, it, it literally tells them, and we see this in the Hebrew because it has this word that basically identifies like, hey, uh, 
this blood is cleansing, and then there's this Hebrew word that says that is the thing getting cleansed, okay? And in the Hebrew, it shows, actually even in the, in the English text, but the thing getting cleansed by the blood was the place. It was the tabernacle. It wasn't the person, okay? It was actually the place that got cleansed. And then the priest would come in, and what would he do right before he came into the Holy of Holies? He would wash in the, in, the, in the basin of water. And he would wash to be cleaned because in order to enter into the holy place, there had to be a blood sacrifice and you had to be cleaned through water. Okay? Does that make sense? This all has, has to do with proximity. All right? So then, once he had washed, once the blood had been sacrificed, now the priest could enter into the holy place and be in the presence of God. Okay? You following with me? Because I'm going to get somewhere with this. So now, New Testament, okay? Here, here's, here's the thing. Now I'm going to give you um, what I know and then what I think I know, but I'm going to call opinion, okay? What I know is that death, burial, resurrection, repentance, water baptism, spirit baptism, we're all meant to be one, okay? And God wants us to do it. I know that the blood of Jesus cleansed a place for God to dwell, and that place is me, okay? When I come into relationship with the Lord. Uh, I know, well, here's, I'll start to wade into what I think I know. Isn't it interesting that Peter says, this is again opinion alert, Peter says, repent and be baptized for what? Forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins. I'll let that sit for a second. In the Old Testament, what got you in right relationship with Yahweh? Well, I'm sorry, old and new. Nothing changes. Faith. Faith is what had you in right standing in relationship with Yahweh, which is a yes. It's, it's me saying, I'm going to say yes to the Lord. I'm going to give him full surrender. I'm giving my yes to the Lord. It doesn't mean I'm perfect, but I'm following, okay? And, and even in, in the New Testament, we'll read some more verses, but it's very clear. It's by faith that you are in right standing with God. The blood of Jesus prepared a place. It allowed me, who said yes to Jesus, to enter into the most holy place, which usually killed people, but by the blood of Jesus, I can now enter in, right? Right? It dealt with the proximity issue, not the salvation issue. Does that make sense? I'm going to be careful saying that because they're kind of intertwined and one and the same, okay? Jesus was God, right? So when we place our faith in Jesus, it's the same thing as saying yes to the Lord. But, but it was a proximity issue that part of the salvation thing was that God came and dwelled in his people. And God, that was, that was a sign, right? That was part of the, of the deal. And when, God, when Jesus shed his blood, it allowed God to come in and dwell, fixing the proximity issue that we talked about earlier, that God wants to dwell, right? So my, here's my opinion alert. So if I change this opinion, don't call me a heretic if I'm wrong. I actually think in the Old Testament, it wasn't like if they offered a sacrifice for sins and then a day later someone sinned, all of a sudden the Israelites weren't God's people anymore. But it did create a proximity issue that needed to be dealt with before God could fully dwell. So my opinion I think when he says, be baptized for the forgiveness of sins, I actually think when we are disobedient to Yahweh, 
When we don't do the things that he asks us to do, i.e. water baptism, which, by the way, water baptism is cleansing, okay? That was the purpose of it. I actually think it can create a proximity issue. Not a salvation issue, okay? Doesn't mean all of a sudden I'm in my salvation, then I'm not, and like, that's not what I'm saying. But I am saying, and I bet nine times out of ten, most of you in this room can attest to this. When I'm living in opposition to the Lord, when I am not doing the things he says to do, I can feel that proximity issue. Right? So when he says be baptized for the forgiveness of sins and water, I actually think if you don't think this is a big deal and you don't do it, it can create a proximity issue. So if I'm asking why be baptized outside of just Jesus saying it outside of death and burial and self, why be baptized? Because if you don't, it, it says for the forgiveness of sins. I actually think there are things that can create issues with proximity with, God, with God's presence. We're living in disobedience if we don't. Does that make sense? Who would want to do that? Especially when we're in a place where we're like, everything that, the God, that God has done over the last year has been around his presence, right? We have said, we're not just going to be a church. We're not just going to have some Sunday morning thing in a program or whatever. This is going to be a place where God dwells, and God will dwell in his people, and we will come and we will pursue his presence in the fullness. And so why be baptized? Because, Lord, may it be that nothing stands in the way of us receiving the fullness of your presence. May there be no proximity issues. And I want to challenge that some of you in here today are in that very boat where you've, you've either got, you haven't actually repented, you haven't actually buried the old self, or you've got some serious proximity issues because you've been living in opposition to God and you haven't actually dealt with sin, you haven't actually obeyed, repented, confessed, which by the way, confession is a thing, okay? Not to a priest, not to a man, but you better believe when we don't take inventory of our lives and we don't actually confess it to the Lord, that that, that is something that the Lord desires of us and can create distance, Okay? He says to do it. I mean, we could go through a whole teaching on that, but confession, he says to confess your sins, right? One to another, because he doesn't want proximity issues. He wants to dwell with his people in the fullness. So when we are a people who say, I want God to be here in the fullness, he, doesn't, he wants it too. God wants to pour out his spirit in this place and in this people. He wants it more than we do. He's waiting for us to remove all obstacles and desire it as much as he does. So when we come and we talk about water baptism, it is cleansing. When they walk into the waters, it cleanses us from sin because we're living in obedience to God, right? And when we live in obedience to God, we as a people can now enter into the most holy place. We can be in perfect alignment and communion. And I don't know about you, but I want nothing more than that every time we gather, personally, corporately, I want the presence of the Lord. In its fullness. Galatians 3, 26. Sorry, guys. What time is it? I'm doing it, aren't I? 11.04. You know what? We don't ever do this, okay? <laughs> Galatians 3. Go with me. We're going to get more Bible in here, all right? Yeah? Come on. Come on. Galatians 3, I'm just going to keep giving you more evidence, okay? Galatians 3, 26. Be 
For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God. Through what? Faith. Say faith. 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 Please hear me today. Being a child of God is through faith in Jesus, period. Okay? That is your identity. For as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. What does baptism do? It puts on, it takes off, strips off the old self, puts on Christ. Amen? Which, by the way, that verse, man, you better have no other banner higher than the banner of Jesus. Because if you have uh, an ethnic banner, if you have a uh, city barrier, if you have, uh, fill in the blank, a football barrier, whatever it is that you're putting your allegiance in and putting the banner over your life more than Jesus, there's a problem. Because it says right here in Galatians, that in Christ Jesus, there is not Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female. It is one in the body of Christ. We are all one in the body of Christ. Amen? Um, Colossians 2. Verse 12. The title in my Bible is Alive in Christ. You want to be alive in Christ? Come on. Man, there's, there's some of you in here today. Um, I want to speak to the person who has gone down this path, has done the church thing, didn't actually bury the old self, went back to the old ways. I believe the Lord is saying, I want you to wade into these waters today. And we're going to put that to rest. We're going to give newness of life in Christ. We want to make you alive in Christ. Alive in Christ. We can fix that and bury it today. Verse 12. Having been what? Buried with him. In what? Baptism. baptism. Are you seeing a theme? <laughs> okay. What is baptism? It's a burial. Okay. Having been baptized, buried with him in baptism, in which you were also what? Raised with him. Through what? Faith. Thank you. I lost my place. In the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. Do you see these three things I'm talking about? That we are partakers in his death, through crucifixion, in his burial, through water baptism, and in his resurrection, through faith in Jesus, right? Through newness of life. And I actually believe, topic for another day, but Holy Spirit baptism. This is another part of this that we miss. That we miss. In, in, the, in the whole conversion process that you see throughout the Bible, this is what they did. You will not see one intermixed or thrown out with the other one. This is what they did, okay? And I believe that if we want fullness of life, we have to partake in each of those three things that the Lord did. Death, burial, resurrection, okay? And I believe the resurrection is the fullness of life through putting on the infilling of the Holy Spirit, being filled with him, to overflowing. And that is how the apostles, you take a guy like Peter who goes back to fishing and then he gets filled with the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden, it's not just about signs and wonders, okay? We, a lot of times we associate this with signs and wonders. It was, it was signs and wonders, but they were doing signs and wonders prior to the Holy Spirit baptism. Signs and wonders were, was part of it, but it was the staying power of saying, I don't have to be bound to my old life where I'm constantly going back and forth and I'm lukewarm. It kills it. 
Holy Spirit power is the staying power that gives you power upon your life to overcome the flesh and live out the fullness of life. Amen? So, there you go. What does it do? It cleanses from sin. Acts 22. I'm just going to rapid fire these if you want any scriptures. It buries the flesh. Romans 6. Allows for spiritual giftings. That's another one. Can unpack that for another day. 1 Corinthians 12. I actually think water baptism paves the way for you to actually be infilled with the Holy Spirit and also receive spiritual giftings. It allows unity that breaks every boundary and obstacle. Galatians 3 that we just read. Admission into the church, Matthew 28. They actually believe that your admission into the church, again, because they believe this was all part of one process, that you weren't actually uh, 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 admitted into the church of Jesus Christ until you did these things. This was part of it, okay? Admission into the church. And the one we all love that I just said, forgiveness of sins. The act of water baptism, you better believe, has something to do with forgiveness of sins, okay? Exactly. And, and this is exactly what, what we've been talking about with the burial of the flesh. You know what he's saying there? He's saying, in the flesh, what did the law do? It bound, right? I, I, you, anybody outside of Jesus tried to be a, a good person and stop doing things, right? You're bound. You're literally bound. And then he goes on in Romans 8 and he says, but guess what? Good news. You're no longer bound because you have the spirit of the living God inside of you, right? You've been freed from the law that condemns in and of itself. And now I've given you the spirit of life that allows you to actually fulfill the law, right? Love it. Beautiful. So good. So here's what I feel like the Lord wants to do. Jesus, would you move? Would you enter? Would you just begin praying with me? Pray. Pray out loud. Pray in the spirit. Pray whatever you want to do. Just pray. I just feel like the Lord's paving the way. He wants to create a way here. We're going to enter into baptism. Jesus, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus. Megan, if you, we're, we'll, we'll baptize you first. Praise the Lord for Megan. Megan's going to get baptized. Um, Megan's going to have her funeral and rebirth. <laughs> uh, but I just want to give opportunity right now. I just feel like that word, this is the wading waters. If anybody wants to wade into these waters, and I'm talking, uh, first of all, this area up front here. If anybody wants to come down and you say, you know what, like, I... <laughs> I don't, I don't care what you've done, okay? There is newness and life in Christ, okay? This could be, I'm going to just give a few examples here. This could be the person who's never actually surrendered to the Lord. You may have thought you have, but you haven't, or maybe have never heard of it, and you're ready to give God your yes. You're ready to die, okay? You're ready to partake in his death. I would encourage you, come down front, partake in his death. Give your yes to Jesus. Because there is nothing better than giving your yes to Jesus. Why? Because I get to live in proximity to the holy, living God now, who's inside of me by the grace of the Lord, who allows me to live out kingdom life, which is so much better than any other life that we could ever partake in, because you get to actually see God working, right? In your life and in the life of others. And you get to serve a king. And he is the best king. He's the best father you could ever imagine. He will go better than any father that you have on the earthly sense, good or bad picture that you have, any king that's ever been done in history. He is a higher king than any other king because he's a holy king. He's a righteous king. And if you are ready to say, I'm ready, I want to sign up for that kingdom. (laughs) I want to change my citizenship and I want to die to my old self for newness in Christ. Then you come down front and wade into these waters. And I'd even say you can stop right here. We'll call this the proverbial beach, right? Like right here is the waters. Proclaim, I am ready. I'm ready to surrender. 
I don't care what people think. And this is the other thing. A lot of people love to worry about what people think. Well, I kind of did it. I thought I did it before. I prayed a prayer. but I don't, And the Lord's telling you, you've never actually surrendered. And what are people, and, and the enemy is going to go, what are people going to think? Because I thought, and again, I'm not saying this is like every single person. We all know those people who come up like with every altar call and you're like, listen, I think you got it, right? But, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that person who's like, all right, I've never actually surrendered to the Lord. I've never actually changed my citizenship. Come down here. What is stopping you from coming down here today and proclaiming out to the Lord, hallelujah, I'm done. I'm done. And I give it to you. Okay? If that's you, yell it out right in front of here. I don't care. Come down front. Also, anybody who maybe has given that yes, but you know what? You didn't actually bury self, right? You never actually buried it. And maybe it led to a lot of craziness in your life. But today is the day that you're like, you know what? I know that there's something powerful in burying that, and I'm ready to bury it today. Not a casual yes, but you're ready to put that old self to bed to death, to death, so that we can raise you in new life in Christ, amen? And then I guarantee you, you know what scripture says? When you've been raised in new life, we don't go back to the old one. We don't talk about the old one. We don't live out of the old one because I'm a new creation, right? I don't have to constantly live in the condemnation of the choices that I made, you know, six, eight, ten months, years, whatever it was ago. I can live out of the fullness of life because I buried it, okay? If that's you. If you're like, you know what, I've done that, and actually for that one too, if you want to be water baptized, because maybe you've never been, done that, or you've done it, but you didn't actually understand what you were doing, and you're like, I actually want to declare today I'm putting it to death, okay? Let's do it, okay? Uh, there's that, and then there's people who, hey, if you've like, I've, I've died, I've buried, I don't know that I've actually like partaken of this Holy Spirit thing in the way that I'm supposed to. Doesn't mean Holy Spirit's not in you, okay? But you've never been like filled, Okay? And you want to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> okay? There is power for you to be had. We can't skip those steps. Okay? You've got to crucify yourself. But if you've done that and you're ready and you want that, we've got plenty of people who would love to pray for you. Okay? Amen?